What's up, everybody? Before I get started today with this episode of the podcast, I wanted to shout out a couple of friends of mine real quickly. I wanted to shout out Jesse Piff, Sam Comfort, Jen Bedreau, Tom Fitch, Galen Wolfenden, and that's all I can think of for now. Um, it, it, you know, in these times of quarantine, I'm just thinking about the people who mean a lot to me, and I just want to say I miss you guys. I hope you're staying safe. I hope everything's good. And uh, this goes to you, the audience, as well. I hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying inside, you know, not going out, fucking panic buying shit and keeping other people from having things, you know. Let's let's all be let's all be helping one another any way that we can in the current situation. Uh anyway, that being said, let's get started with the with the show. Oh yeah, baby. <clears throat> Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips, a little wusana. <sighs> Damn it, that was a bad one. Hang on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Juan Sanchez coming at you with the 28th episode of the Million X Girlfriends podcast. Today, I'm going to be coming from the corner of my room because, fuck it, why not? Um, last week, I talked a little bit about some heavy stuff. I talked about the coronavirus or, you know, what I knew of it. I talked about the asteroid or, you know, what I knew of it. And um, I don't want to talk about that stuff anymore. So today, I'm going to... Um, switch gears a little bit I don't exactly know what I'm gonna do but I do have some things in front of me that I'm gonna look at and I'm either gonna read them to the camera or I'm gonna comment on things and uh, you know I'm just gonna kinda we'll see where this goes we'll see where this takes us so the first thing I'm gonna do is read this essay that I wrote I listen to the minimalist podcasts um, they like to write a lot of essays my cats freaking out, throwing stuff around. Of course she has to choose to do it right now. They, you know, do a lot of essay writing and I admire that. And I had to write an essay for my philosophy class that I took last semester at community college. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to read this. I titled it The Wave. Um, I was purposely kind of trying to evoke a Hunter S. Thompson type feel. It's a reflection, um, from my perspective, kind of, of the, of what happened during the 2010s, what happened over the course of that um, decade? I don't have an adjective to describe it yet. I don't. I feel we're still too close to accurately reflect on what it was. But here's my attempt at doing it. At, at, here's my attempt at undertaking that task. <clears throat> I turned 18 in 2010, the first year of legal adulthood. The U.S. was adjusting to its first black president. We were still a year out from catching Osama bin Laden and a few years out from the ubiquitous Vine era, the effects of which are still rippling through the internet. A new wave was crashing into the shore. Wave, in this case, being a metaphor for a shift in the zeitgeist, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Coming into this decade, there was a huge amount of optimism on the backs of the millennial generation. If you didn't know what that meant, there would be several articles to come blaming them for the world going to shit just like their parents and grandparents before them. 
The funny thing is that the people who wrote those articles are, were, presumably, the damn people who raised those millennials. We began to hear words like entitlement and lazy from the generation that had such a surplus of money and jobs that they were able to raise the shitty kids they would one day end up blaming for all of society's problems. Accountability was a phrase that got bandied about until nobody really knew who was to blame for the world's problems, quote-unquote. There is no one to blame. No person, group of people, country, device, gadget, movie, or any type of music. That's simply the effect of living in a society that's as cushy as ours is. When the need for survival, as it were, was eliminated, humans started to struggle. At first, the lack of survival-related stress led to the proliferation of society for however long it's been that humans haven't had to hunt for their own food. We've lost purpose as individuals, as groups, and as a species. What is there left to conquer once you reach the top? You head back down. Vine, as mentioned earlier, boomed in 2013, and along with its ubiquitous popularity, changed what the definition of fame could be, just like YouTube before it. Vine was a social media app that allowed you to make and share six-second videos. Its popularity can be attributed to the oversaturation of comedy videos that came out of it. With this shift, celebrity status was given to the undeserving and or untalented, such as Lele Pons, and the irresponsible and dangerous Jake and Logan Paul, though Logan has taken some tries to show maturity. Keep in mind I wrote this back in October, so things may have changed since then, but I was trying to kind of give Logan Paul the benefit of the doubt when I wrote this. Another cultural phenomenon that swept over... Hang on, I misspelled and left some words out, so let me try that again. Another cultural phenomenon that swept us overnight was the legalization of gay marriage in America in 2015. Along with this change, the ability to marry whosoever you desire. This along with the Affordable Care Act in 2012, and the world was starting to look like a new place. A new place some people weren't too happy with. And for some reason, they were determined to do something about it before those gall-darn transgenders got into the ladies' bathroom. That bit of conjecture aside, I do believe the election of Donald Trump was inadvertently caused by eight years of this country being in the best shape it has ever been in. I don't think it's any coincidence that a racist clown was so easily able to reform the Republican Party who spent years openly despising and attempting to undermine Obama. Once Trump got elevated to that height of power and influence, something had... Let me start that again. Once Trump had gotten elevated... One more time. Once Trump got elevated to that height of power and influence, something that had been bubbling under the surface of this country boiled over. Racism illuminated by tiki torches, pedestrian protesters attacked with motor vehicles, children in cages, the list goes on and on. If I was to wrap this up, put a bow on it, what would I be trying to say? I'm going to quote the severely underappreciated Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, and I invite anyone to fight me on that. Light rises, dark to meet it, said by the character um, Snoke. Things in life ebb and flow. Like the tide, life has its tumultuous moments and it has its calm moments. All the hope and optimism that fueled the early part of this decade still exists. It's just on the other side of the next wave. Now, I don't know how you feel about that piece of writing, but I feel like it's probably the best thing I've ever written, despite its very problematic, um, despite its very apparent problems. 
Um, but again, that's just me. I have a link to this article on my WordPress. Uh, if you want to read it, I'll post it underneath the video. Um, you know, read it for yourself. See what you think about it. Obviously, there's a lot of things I said in there that are subjective and come from my own point of view. Doesn't mean I think I'm right. That's just how I feel. Um, but yeah, uh, 2010s was a weird decade in my opinion. Watching the shift in the cultural, social zeitgeist. Watching how technology grew and boomed. It's um, very unprecedented. And uh, I am, I am excited to see what the next decade holds, despite this, you know, despite current world events. But that's neither here nor there. I'll talk about um I guess I'll talk about the next uh let's talk about Resident Evil 3 remake how I feel about that okay ladies and gentlemen um depending on how and when you do me you may or may not oh I hesitate to use the word gamer but you may or may not know my previous affinity for electronic entertainment um I, I had a real fascination with it when I was younger and as I'm growing older I still like to play the occasional video game here and there as evidenced by you know the last couple of episodes of the podcast I used gameplay footage from Xbox One games I have a couple of videos of myself playing um you know Xbox games on my channel uh, or my roommate Pierre and I, I, I have, I like to play the occasional, I really, I'm really a big fan of Resident Evil. Let me, let me put it that way. I really like Resident Evil. It's one of my earliest, um, influences artistically as a person and stuff like that. It's one of the first things that actually scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Um, I was scared of the dark for the longest time when I was a kid, uh, like from when I was like, like when I was too old to be scared of stuff. I was like nine, ten, you know, eleven I was, like, scared of going outside because of Resident Evil because that shit was just the scariest shit ever. To me, at least. Resident Evil 2 and then later Resident Evil 3. I was always able to try and play Resident Evil 3 because it had more of, like, an action-oriented uh, flow to it. However, it was still scary as shit. I mean, that nemesis comes through, comes from off-screen, comes through the loading screens... Like a goddamn brick shithouse, and then he's just chasing you around with the goddamn rocket launcher in these tight, confined corridors that you can't fucking see through because they're all 2D painted, they're 2D matte paintings, and you're trying to pilot a 3D character around the screen, and yet even though it's a 2D image you're looking at, um, you're still, you know, 
constrained by what the actual environment is and it's and it's weird and it's wonky and as I got a little bit older I was able to play it and work around it and stuff you know but then later games came along like Resident Evil 4 that fixed that problem that took that problem away entirely and fucking cleaned up the controls and made it buttery smooth and made it you know that made the best game of all time one of the best games of all time written Resident Evil 4 and I, I feel like you know that that Resident Evil 2 remake came out last year and I never played it because it just looked really dark to me like it looked unnecessarily dark like they were purposely trying to make it scary but it just looks honestly kind of aggravating and especially because you got to headshot every zombie four to five times to get them to drop or even more than four to five times it's like yo it's a headshot just take them down like that's the thing about Resident Evil 2 and 3 is they were scary but if you could get a headshot in even though it was like hard to aim and see where you were all you had to do was relatively point in the direction of a zombie point point uh you know aim point up and then shoot and you'd basically hit them in the head every time and that shit was so much fun to watch. I used to watch my dad play that stuff all the time. I used to love watching him take the shotgun and just pa-cow, 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 just clear heads out of the whole room. It made it so not scary. But then when I tried to play, of course, like I had the I had the shitty fingers. Like I was never really all that good at playing games. So I would just like constantly slip and I'd get hung up on like being not being able to move and shoot at the same time. Like all you could do is just do like a stupid turn. Again, Resident Evil 3 fixed that problem and added a dodge maneuver. Um, I actually really like the dodge mechanic in that game. I feel like it's one of the only reasons I can actually play that game and have as much fun with it as I do. However, I kind of wish they had left a dodge maneuver in Resident Evil 4. I mean, there's the occasional context-sensitive dodge, but I wish there was like a, I don't know, a dedicated like dodge mechanic for when enemies are coming in on you. I just downloaded the Resident Evil 3 demo earlier. I'm going to give that a look-see later on. Um, I'm actually really excited to crack into that. It looks like you still have to give a lot of headshots. However, there is a lot more ambient lighting that's effective. Like, effective ambient lighting. Not that headache-inducing ambient lighting. Oh, I can't see shit. You've actually rendered a gorgeous 3D environment, but I can't see it because most of it's just painted black. Um... The lighting's more atmospheric and moody in the Resident Evil 3 demo from the gameplay footage that I've seen, at least. I'm looking forward to really fucking just getting into that and just fucking popping some zombie ass. Uh, it's got a dedicated dodge mechanic in it, and it's got a couple of different knife maneuvers. That's a lot of fun. I like stuff like that. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Just looking forward to Resident Evil uh, 3. Really like the Resident Evil games. They're a big part of my upbringing, and I'm glad that they've been around as long as they have. It did kind of hit a weird period there with Resident Evil Five and Six, um, and I liked them. I liked them mostly because I'm a dedicated. I, I am kind of like a Resident Evil fan. I don't get into the lore, and I don't like go on like community comment boards and like talk with people about things. I just I like it for what it is. It's 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 these fun, easy to digest, like B movie type cheesy situations where they give you where simultaneously there's too much going on, but also it's very easy to tell what's going on. And I I think it's very rare that a pro, that a product that any kind of story can do that. Now, mostly it's because Capcom can't write for shit, but it's it's in a very 
God, they just managed to hit the right sort of middle ground with the Resident Evil of, like, being shitty, but being self-aware, but also, like, they write everything in Japanese, and sometimes jokes just don't translate between English and Japanese really well, and that's part of it, so some things get lost in translation, part of it's because Capcom just can't write, and, um, I think that's great. Uh, you know, another game that I like a lot, uh, Devil May Cry 3. Uh, Dante's Awakening. I fucking love that game. It's so cheesy. Like, what's going on? All of a sudden, a tower just pops out of the ground, and his brother's like, we're gonna fucking fight, bro! We're gonna fight! For some reason. But yeah, Resident Evil 3, I'm really looking forward to that. Honestly, if there were a remake of Devil May Cry 3, that would be fucking awesome. I, I would play the shit out of that. Okay. Um... I'm just going to talk about some music now. Now, I'm not going to talk about any real songs in particular. I am just going to... What's up? Oh, I'm just grabbing a sweatshirt. Yeah, Now, usually I like to try to do this thing where I like to try and impress you with the songs that I've listened to on each album and um, how much music I listen to. Oh, I'm so much, my dick's so much bigger than yours because I listen to so much more music than you. Um, I'm going to kind of continue in that vein, but I'm also, I'm not going to try to dissect or talk about anything. I'm just going to tell you some artists and some albums I've liked recently. Mandy Moore just put out a new album called Silver Landings. She kind of does this... Uh, James Taylor-ish, like, country rock vibe I that I really like a lot. Very consistent sound across the album. Mandy Moore's singing is actually really fucking good on this project, so check that out. The new Fantagram album, Ceremony. I've only listened to it once. It's already kind of faded into the back of my mind, I'll be honest. But I do remember liking it, so I am going to give that another, another go-around. Jose James... Uh, just put out No Beginning, No End 2. It's very good. Uh, cover of that Billy Joe song, Just The Way You Are. Very soulful. Jesse Piff and Sam Comfort. My buddies just put out New York Morning. Somersault. Woogity. You know, they're great songs. I'll link that down below. John 9. Reggae World Music. Put out an album called Note to Self. Very fun. Check that out. Jack Harlow just put out an album called Sweet Action. Sweet Action, I liked a lot. Sweet Action had some sick beats on it. Um, so, yeah, I plan on putting that on because that got me fucking turnt. Sometimes you wake up crunk, and I definitely recommend putting on Jack Harlow in the morning if you're the kind of person who wakes up with a little bit of a fucking, with a little bit of a swing in your step. D-Smoke, uh, Black Habits, I really like that album a lot. Uh, I like how he sings sings and raps in fluent spanish and english that's just very cool you know as a person of um as a person of black and mexican descent i have a lot of respect and i have a special place in my heart for that jay balvin just put out colores i like this album entirely i put this album on and i've been getting down my bad self in quarantine i definitely recommend checking it out and paul wall just put out the album Mind Over Matters. Now, Paul Wall's from uh, you know the early the early two thousands. Y'all might remember Paul Wall. Um, 
I, I've heard some people make the joke. Uh, I've heard. I don't know if it's a joke, but I've heard people say like, "Oh, you know, Paul Wall's black." <laughs> Depending on how you feel about that, this new album is actually very, very good. I always, I'll admit, when I was younger, I had a bit of a problem with Paul Wall because, as somebody who is of you know mixed race descent, I always felt like he was putting on. Um, a bit of an image but as I got older I realized that's just who and what he is you know so uh respect he's got a he's got a black wife <laughs> I got a lot of respect for that and uh you know all that aside you know again that's just what I respect about the man personally what from what I know about him his music his music is very very good especially on this new album so definitely check that out And that's the music segment. Oh yeah, I do want to talk a little bit about this um, I Dubs girlfriend situation. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Let's see. I'm gonna try to remain as like objective as possible here, keeping in mind that I don't know either of these people personally. I used to have a girlfriend that, uh, you know, sold some, sold risque pictures to make some money. You gotta make ends meet, you know, whatever. I mean, she, she was freak nasty. And, uh, you know, you all, you all gotta pay our bills somehow. And if someone's pathetic enough to actually pay money for naked pictures from someone, <sighs> take their money. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do that. So, on the one hand, I do have respect and sympathy and empathy for Ian in this situation. Uh, a lot of people calling him simp. I don't think they understand what that actually is. Um, if I-Dubs is helping his girlfriend out, you know, with her choice of career, then good for him. You know, uh, over here at Million X Girlfriends, I am all about the you know, the independence and the strength of women. I'm always, you know, trying to prop up women I think deserve to be propped up. I'm always trying to prop up people that I deserve think to be propped up. So I do have a lot of respect and empathy and sympathy or whatever for Ian. Um, however, that being said, I have watched a couple of commentary videos on the situation seems like she's being a little bit antagonistic and braggadocious and flexidelic about the things about the way she chooses to go about posting on social media and handling the whole situation and the backlash and i think when you combine that with a lot of angry incel virgin types um you 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 get you get a lot of people whose brains can't really do the math very reduction they have a very reductionist view of the world and and everything in it that they're just like oh he's a simp he's letting her do it he's a simp first off he's not letting her do shit she's a grown woman with her own thoughts and feelings she's a person you know she, they each person has their own soul they can make their own decisions that's that's one of the great Bless, that's one of the great blessings of being human beings um, so he's not letting her do anything um, you know now I, I, again I heard that he paid for her plastic surgery for her to get fake boobs and fake butt um, I'm not a big fan of that I'm the kind of person who just thinks that 
you should you know if you if you want to look better physically just fucking work out but then again you know that's what she wanted and he was willing to help i'm not one to say anything or make any judgment i just think that you know ah yeah people put their own people put their own it's like it's like their own they, they they can't help but see the world through their own lens and their own perspective and how it would make them feel they, they people can't get outside of themselves for just a, a a moment to maybe think how somebody else would feel about something um Ian's a grown man he's he's 29 he turns 30 in July like let's stop acting like he has no presence in the situation I had to change my battery so I'm officially saying this right here on the Million Ex-Girlfriends podcast. Fucking 2020, hashtag leave Ian alone, all right? I can't believe I have to do this. I can't believe I have to do this in 2020, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> leave Ian alone. Leave him alone. Leave Ian alone. He's not a simp. He's a good man. He's just trying to empower his girlfriend. <sighs> I don't care. I don't care. I have fun here. That's what I do. All right? But seriously, fucking leave, leave the boy alone. Like, fucking stop. <laughs> Dude, his subreddit is a mess lately. So, yeah, I think I'm going to let that be that for now. Um... That's the 28th episode of Million Ex-Girlfriends, and that's special to me. I want to take a moment to commemorate that because it means I've been dedicated to doing it every other week now for the last year. And also, I turned 28 this year, so I'm feeling a little, uh, I'm feeling a little, uh, you know, what, what's the word? A little, um, I don't know. I'm feel, it feels a little special, you know, it's giving me a little, it's giving me a little tickle in my feely feels. So, with that being said, oh, yeah, 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 one more thing I want to suggest checking out. Um, I mean, I guess we can call this the, the health the health conscious corner. I don't want to rip anyone off um, accidentally or on purpose, uh, but this is my little, my little uh, you know, meditation. Recently on my Instagram and my Facebook, uh, I, I did a couple of live streams where I did some like guided breathing type things. Um, I really like guided meditation, really like stuff like that. I recommend checking out RZA put out a new project recently. It was a collaboration with Tazo T called the Tao of RZA. Uh, it's just guided meditations by the RZA himself, uh, very well produced you know, instrumentals, atmosphere. RZA's voice sounds very nice, very relaxing. And uh, there's a technique called Wim Hof breathing, which I will try to find something for and link down below and that's all i want to say when you're in quarantine you find a way to take care of your mind find a way to make your mind a more powerful asset because ultimately you are trapped within yourself your whole entire life and while i guess people can try to dissociate i'd rather be right down in it you know getting a feel for what it is and the only way you can do that is to try and work with yourself that's why I do a lot of meditation and breathing exercises and stuff like that. So I want to suggest that for anybody who's, you know, down for that kind of, you know, woo-woo granola stuff. 
Um, if not, you know, I hope you find some kind of way to, to keep your mind right in these uh, stressful times that we are going through right now. Um, and yeah, I just I just want to just want everyone to stay safe. Uh, shit's getting shit's getting kind of shit's getting kind of real out there, and uh, we just we got to do what we can do to try to mitigate this. Stay inside, wash your hands. You know, yeah. I do want to say that I am really glad. I am really glad that for a second the coronavirus has taken everybody's attention away from celebrities. So much so that they are hopping on TikTok and singing John Lennon's Imagine. The last thing I want to see is a video of Gal Gadot fucking singing into a camera. Anything at all. I don't want to see it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so there's, they're also starved for attention that they're all like, Hey, let's do the world's biggest duet TikTok or fucking some stupid thing. I don't know. I haven't watched it. I purposely tried to avoid it because I hate stuff like that. But yeah, seriously, um, wash your hands, stay inside, stay clean, stay safe. Um, Tom McDonald recently released a song titled Coronavirus. Huh, I have so many problems with this man. I have so many problems with this fucking, his whole edgelord shtick. I have just so, so many problems with it. And I have so many problems with this new song and how fake deep it is. I will link that below. I go hard on it. Uh, if, you know, <laughs> I go hard on it. That's all. And I hope you enjoy that. And yes, take it easy. Bye. I'm really bad at outros. <laughs>